0: So uh, welcome to Next Level Church again. My name is Doug and I'm one of the pastors and we are so glad uh, that you tried, decided to step in and be a part of this series uh, entitled Loneliness. Loneliness. Uh, over the last couple of weeks, we've been talking about this idea uh, of loneliness and I continue that conversation in, in terms of understanding what it is and, and understanding how to deal with it. So a couple of weeks ago, Pastor Clay uh, started off the series and, and really talked about how loneliness is becoming uh, literally an epidemic uh, in, in our day and time and, and how despite the fact uh, that that we have, Uh, these this this community in that we're uh, feeling alone sometimes we feel by ourselves and in a community we feel lonely which which would seem counterintuitive right seems like if you're with a bunch of people you wouldn't experience loneliness but the truth is there's a huge difference between being alone and loneliness. Why? Because there are times that we should be alone. Uh, silence and solitude is a great spiritual discipline in our lives. And, and, there, and there's nothing wrong with, with going for walks and being alone and, and, and finding restoration in that process. And so there are times that being alone is good, but in in a group of people or with just one other person, and if you feel misunderstood, if you feel different, if you feel like you don't belong, then you're dealing with loneliness. And so so we kind of set that up, and, and this, this big, huge issue uh, that's facing us, and just to be I hate to say it because everybody uses the COVID word, but COVID really accelerated so much of this idea of us and loneliness because loneliness at its heartbeat is not, it's not healthy, not, not healthy at all. So then last week... Uh, Krista began to talk about how we can deal with it as a community of believers. Okay, so what can we do as a community of believers? We being, uh, hopefully, people who are in community and and, and are navigating loneliness in a healthy way and, and, and dealing with it. And so she talked about this difference between empathy and sympathy. Okay, so sympathy is just this idea where I I hear your pain. I hear your pain. I've never experienced it, but I hear your pain. And I can show you sympathy, but empathy is where I hear your pain, and yeah, me too. I've been there. I've done that. I experienced that. And so the idea is that in order for us as believers to combat this idea, uh, this issue of loneliness within that's within going on within our community, we have to listen more. We, we have to be more attentive. We have to listen to people and we need to really hear their pains. We need to stop and we need to, to look beyond uh, their issues and see their values and see how valuable they are to the world, and to God, and we need to be willing to be interrupted because we get so driven by what we're doing in the context of our life, and it's all about me, and God wants to use us as believers to combat this issue of loneliness, and, and, and it's so huge, and so it was it was an awesome sermon and if you miss any of those two sermons I encourage you to go back uh, go to our YouTube channel and then you can uh, find those messages and go back and catch back up but but as we continue this conversation as Pastor Clay talked about 2 weeks ago we're talking about how to deal with loneliness how to deal with loneliness And this week, I want to bring in the idea of leaning on Jesus, leaning on Jesus. Now, for some of you who are listening, and if you happen to go to, to a, 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 a church where they st- had hymns and they sung hymns you might be recalling a, a hymn that has a chorus in it that talks about leaning on Jesus and and for your benefit I'm not going to attempt to sing that uh, because you wouldn't want to hear me singing it but but this idea of Jesus leaning on Jesus for many of us seems foreign it seems, um, we don't understand it. It seems, it seems kind of weird. And, and before I talk about how to lean on Jesus, I want to kind of deal with why. Why do we need to lean on Jesus? Why, why is it so important to lean on Jesus? Why can't I lean on somebody else? Why can't I lean on something else? And, and, and the reality is, nothing else is as good as Jesus. Now, now hold on, I know that sounds cheesy. <laughs> Hang with me just a little bit, because I want to let you know why Jesus is so good to lean on, particularly in times of loneliness. I want you to think just with me. Think about it. Think about it. Jesus was born. Fully God, fully man. Now, I I don't have time to go into that. We talked about some of that at Christmas, and, and, and we get into that. But when Jesus was born, he was born perfect. He didn't have sin in his life, he was fully God. But yet he became a baby and grew up with a baby, just like, just like all of us go through baby and, and being a baby and, and the things that a baby does, a baby poops, a baby pees, the baby has all that stuff, goes through all the growing pains, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. You get the picture. This was fully God who became human for us for a very distinct reason. But imagine that as a child, he never looked at his mom and daddy and said, "No. <laughs> Think about that for a minute. You don't have to teach that word to you, kid, do you? But no, Jesus, Jesus wouldn't have said no. Why? Because he was going to be obedient and, and he had that within him. Why? Because he didn't have sin within him. and imagine all the mischief that Jesus didn't get into. Can you imagine? Running around with a group of people, and they all said, hey, let's go do this. And Jesus said, no, man, not going to do it. Not me. I mean, the dude was an outcast. I mean, that would have been like some weirdo, man, right? I mean, just... Just think about how much trouble you got into because I can certainly remember the trouble that I've got to. I've got like four or five different stories running in my head that as a child that I got in trouble with and as a growing into being a, a teenager, the, the, the trouble that I got into, the people that I've started to hang out with and the things I began to do to be included within the group and Jesus, boom, had to be some kind of outcast. He was a weirdo. Right? Now, as an adult, his family didn't get him. I mean, if you, read, if you read in the Gospels, his family didn't understand him. They thought he was weird. They thought he, he was doing things he shouldn't be thought, doing. They thought he was out of his mind. I mean, yeah. I mean, his mama struggled with it. I, I don't understand that. His mama struggled with it. His brothers and sisters definitely struggled with it. So the much so they were willing to pull him out of the crowd and say, Hey, Jesus, you need to come with us because you shouldn't be doing what you're doing. Yeah, his family. His family didn't get him. Ostracized by his family in that moment. Ostracized by his family. You know, And, and what about the religion? I mean, the church world, if you would put it in our, in our vernacular. I mean, the church people, right? Surely they would get Jesus. Jesus is a religious person. Jesus loves God. I mean, he's trying to figure it all out, right? And you would think that the religious rulers and the religious people would get Jesus. Not. They didn't get him. Matter of fact, they're the ones ultimately who, who set up the death of him. They had nothing to do with him. He, he was, he was out, ostracized by the religious community. Sure. Sure. Jesus, Jesus, and, 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 and think about this. At the moment that his heart was in, in its most anguish, and when he was most troubled in his spirit, he pulled three of his, his closest friends together and said, hey guys, will you guys come hang with me? I'm going I'm to take a few steps over here and I'm going to pray. And I want you guys to be praying with me because I need you. I need you here. I need you in the moment with me. And so he'd step away, and he prayed, and he came back, and his three best friends sound asleep. They did that a couple of times. His three best friends let him down. Right when he needed them the most, they 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 let him down, and then, <clears throat> oh wait a minute, it gets better. It gets better. The guards come and, and they surround him and they're going to take Jesus as a prisoner. And guess what? His 12 closest friends of whom the, the three friends were part of, or 11 of them, abandoned him, left him. Left him all alone to face the trouble, the arrest, the mocked up trial, and ultimately his death. They left him, abandoned him in, in his most needed moment. Yeah, oh yeah, think about this, how he felt. One of his good friends of the tw- he had 12 people that he was tight with, super tight with, one of them, one of them, when he was at his lowest point, struggling, betrayed him. Not just abandoned him, but betrayed him. And if that's not all bad enough, when Jesus was on the cross, He took our sin upon Himself. He, he didn't know sin, and He became sin. And He was sacrificed on the cross. He sacrificed Himself on the cross. So that he could pay the penalty for our sin. And in that moment that he took sin upon him, he cries out and he looks to God and he says, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? (laughs) I think Jesus gets us. I think that's why we lean on Jesus, because he gets us. He understands our loneliness. He understands our pain. He understands exactly where you are. He gets you. So, I mean, that's all well and good, right? I mean, we need to lean on Jesus. We kind of, you know, maybe knew that. We might have had an inkling for that. But the question is, I can't just walk up to Jesus and go, Hey, dude, let's have a cup of coffee. Let's talk. I mean, wouldn't it be great if we sit down and had a cup of coffee with Jesus and we're leaning over the table and we're going, man, Jesus, I feel like this. I got this loneliness. I got this issue. I've been abandoned by these people. I'm really hurting. I'm really struggling. And he just says, yeah, me too. I mean, wouldn't that be awesome if you could just sit there and you'd hear those words? Yeah, me too. So the question is, we can't do that. How can, how can We lean on Jesus. How can we do that? I want you to remember. Before we get into how to. One last thing. This was from last week. Sympathy involves understanding someone's emotions. But from your perspective. That's sympathy. Empathy involves feeling what someone else feels. Jesus feels your pain. And he wants to help. He wants to help. Why does he want to help? Because according to Hebrews, as, as, as this was being written to the church, And to these people, this high priest, Jesus of ours understands our weakness for he faced all the same testings we do. He faced your loneliness and he did not sin. He didn't fall apart. He didn't crumble. He faced all the same testings and struggles and hurts that we do. So how? How do we lean on Jesus? How does that happen? How do we do that? Because we just can't call him up and have a meeting with him. We just can't text him, right? I mean, and expect to text back. It just it, it, it doesn't work like that. How do we lean on Jesus? First of all, trust what Jesus said. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna throw this word out today a lot. Trust. Trust. See, that's the hardest thing for us to do, because why, we are, we are uh, we, first of all, we're an experiential people, we want to experience, and if we can't experience it, then it doesn't, it doesn't, we don't believe it, all right, just the way we are, we're cynical, I mean, we're, we're, we're cynical, we're, we, we ask a million questions, nothing wrong with questions, questions can be handled, but we let those questions become the core issue of what's going on, and somewhere along the way, there is a step of faith. Okay, trust. See, in English language, faith is like an adjective. It's something I have. But but in the New Testament, when the word faith was there, it was an actual verb, a very active verb, a very meaningful verb that enveloped trust, that enveloped believing. And so, trust what Jesus said. Yeah, that's exactly what I'm asking you to do today. If you want to lean into Jesus, trust what he said. Here's what he said. The very last thing he said, the last thing he's, he's, he's been, he's died, <clears throat> he was in the tomb, he rose from the dead three days later, he was alive for about 40 days, and then he ascended, and he went up into heaven. And when he, the last thing that he said was this, and surely I am with you always, To the very end of the age. He is with you right now. That's his promise. He promises never to leave you or forsake you. He promises never to abandon you. He promises to be with you in this very moment. How do we we lean on Jesus? Trust trust what he said. He's with me. I just got to trust that. I need to trust the testimony of a guy named Paul. Paul was an early believer. He didn't hang out with Jesus. We don't have any record that he saw Jesus, though he might have, but there is no record that he even saw Jesus personally, physically. However, Paul had his own experience where he encountered Jesus, encountered such a, in such a way that his life was transformed, he went back and he talked to, to the people who knew Jesus, and they affirmed his experience, and they affirmed him, and they sent him out to go tell other people about Jesus. And so Paul went from town to town to town. He traveled. He worked, as a, he, he, he worked and so he was able to take his work with him. And you travel from town to town to town, starting churches, telling people about Jesus. This is what Paul said. Hey, he's writing to the church that he planted. He started in Galatia. He's writing a letter back to them. And he said, hey, my old self, in chapter 2, verse 20, my old self, that is the, the, my old way of living, the, the things I did, the, even though I was extremely righteous, and even though I was extremely good, and even though I was an extremely good religious leader, uh, all that stuff was crucified with Christ. It's dead. It's dead. And he says, it's no longer I who live, it's no longer I, I who live, but it is Christ who lives In me. I want you to see that. That is huge. Paul's saying, Listen, Christ lives in me. When I accepted Jesus, when I had that moment where I accepted Jesus and I believed who He was and who He is, I changed. I am transformed. And though my old way of living is there and it's a piece of the puzzle, it is not my identity. My brand new identity because I believe in Jesus is is Him. Why? Because Christ lives in me. And he says, so I live in this earthly body by trusting in the Son of God. Trusting. Do you see that word trust? you see that word trust? By trusting in Him. I trust in the Son of God who loved me and gave Himself for me. Now why is that important? And it's important because he writes these letters back and these letters ultimately became became part of the New Testament. But the testimony is this, that Christ lives in him. And so here's the deal. He accepted Jesus. If you accepted Jesus, Christ lives in you. Trust his testimony. Because if Christ lives in him, Christ lives in you. Christ lives in me. Trust Paul's testimony. This one is hard. Again, I'm trying to answer the question, how, how, how do I lean into Jesus, especially when I'm lonely? Take steps to trust in other believers. And this is the hardest thing in the world. Why? Because other believers, we got past experiences where they let us down, they hurt us. they are some of the ones that betrayed us. they are some of the ones that abandoned us. And we're really struggling with that. And that becomes our whole context for everything to really to look at God and say, take this job and shove it, right? I mean, really. And so again, Paul writing to this church in this town called Colossae, where we get the word Colossians, and he's writing back to them, and he says, listen, Christ lives in you. He's telling them, Christ lives in you. Christ lives in you. And this gives you, you as the believers, as the body of Christ, this gives you assurance of sharing his glory. You can share in the glory of Jesus as a believer. And so we Tell others about Jesus. That's what we do. That's what we do. Why do we do that? Because Christ lives in us. And if Christ lives in us, we share in his glory. And we want other people to share in his glory. Why? Because we warn everyone and teach everyone with all the wisdom that God has given us. And we want to present them. Why do we do it? Because we want to present other people to God, perfect in their relationship to Christ. That's why I work and struggle so hard, depending Here we go, on Christ's mighty power that works within me. So what am I saying? Paul's saying, listen, I'm part of the body, you're part of the body. And as a believer, it is imperative that you lean into that and live in that and you let your light shine and and are believers going to stumble and mess up and make mistakes? Yes, absolutely. Believers will do that. We will make mistakes. But somewhere along the line, we need to take steps. If you are lonely, if you're experiencing this loneliness, if you want to lean into Jesus, you got to lean into other believers. And here's why. Because Christ is working in other believers. Yes. And to abandon other believers for what a few did will leave you alone and lonely at the same time. And so it is a job to take steps to trust in other believers. Why? Because Jesus lives in other believers. That's the point. Again, I'm still trying to answer the question, how do we lean on Jesus? These are are things that we do. I think this may be one of the most pivotal reasons of how to lean on Jesus by changing your mind on your circumstances. Now, here, I've talked to people my whole life. Literally, okay, I, I mean, not my whole life, but I mean, like, like since I've been in, I'm, I mean, I talk to people all the time. Let's start there. Even before I went into ministry, uh, when I went into ministry at a very young age. Now, here's the deal. I've been dealing with people. That's what I'm trying to say. I've been dealing with people, and I've heard lots and lots and lots of stories and, 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 and reoccurring. I'm going to tell you, if I've heard this once, I've heard it well over 100 times. Man, I got cancer. I'm sitting now talking to somebody. I got cancer. I just lost my job. My whole portfolio just went to nearly zero. My husband or my wife is having an affair and want a divorce. Children have nothing to do with me. Man, I got a water leak in the house, it's under the house. My car was just in a wreck, and I got a tax bill four times the amount than what I was expecting. We get in those situations, those complex, those hard situations, and what do we do, man? God abandoned me. I mean, just look. Look at my sermon saying, because, you know, if everything was to be really good, if God was with me, and so God abandoned me, and so I don't want anything to do with God. I don't want Jesus, because Jesus abandoned me because all this bad stuff's happening to me. I mean, that's what we say. That's where we default to. And so I want to challenge you, if you want to lean on Jesus, you have to change your mind. And instead of interpreting this idea of Jesus through all your circumstances and letting your circumstances be your filter of trying to figure out Jesus, do me a favor today and turn that around and go, I'm going to look at my circumstances. I'm going to look at my life through the lens of Jesus. Because Jesus said he would never leave me. And if he never would leave me, then that's not what this is about. If he said he would never leave me. If he said he was always with me, then that is not what this is about. And it becomes a mind transformation of how I'm perceiving what's going on in the context of my life. Let me put it another way, New Testament, Romans chapter 2, chapter 12, excuse me, verse 2. It says, don't copy the behaviors and customs of this world. Don't have time to go into that part. Here's what I want to talk about. But let God change you, transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. That's called renewing your mind. Changing the way you think. Then you're going to learn. When you change the way you think, then you're going to learn God's wills for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. His will is way better than anything else that i got a plan for. Let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Changing the way you think you think you don't copy what you see everybody else doing well man this fell apart this fell apart this fell apart i can't trust god or maybe you landed there by yourself and you see other people that do that well that must be the right thing to do no no let god change you and transform you change the way you think so how do you change the way you think well you kind of go back and you start leaning into jesus or begin to trust in jesus I begin to trust in him. I begin to lean on him. I begin to look to him. Why? And and, and so part of that, part of that renewing my mind, changing what I'm putting in, changing what I'm thinking, running my circumstance through the filter of Jesus. So how do I lean on Jesus? Well, this is what we talk about. Trust in what he said. Trust in the testimony of Paul. Take steps to trust other believers. Change your mind on circumstances. How do you do that? Here's how you do that. Here's how, the step before these steps. There's a step before that. Number one, if you're a believer, if you're a believer, or even if you're not a believer, you can start here. Everybody needs to do this. Take out your phone, pull out your phone, go to your uh, app store. Go to your app store. Find Uversion Bible app. Download Uversion Bible app. Set up. You have a little profile. Set up a notification so that you can get the verse of the day, and you can tell it exactly what time you want that verse of the day, and start reading the Bible one verse at a day at a time. and you'll start changing your mind. And you'll start leaning on Jesus. Because the Bible is written all about Jesus. He is the theme that runs from the beginning to the end. Get the YouVersion app. Y-O-U-Version. You version, Bible. Yeah, there's multiple translations. I'd get the NLT, New Living Translation. Get the verse of the day. Start changing and renewing your mind to the patterns of God, and you will learn to lean on Jesus. Sure, there's a process. What else do I need to do? I need to trust in other people. When people say, hey, Jesus lives in me, hang out with those people. Other believers, hang out with those people. Why? Because Jesus is in them. That's what this means. If I can lean into Jesus and I lean into believers, then I'm kind of leaning into Jesus when I lean into believers because Jesus lives in other believers. Now, maybe you've never accepted Jesus I mean you've been you've been thinking about it you've been hanging out and you you like the teachings they're very practical in what we're talking about and how they impact our lives and you can see Jesus through those but you're going man I just I've never like taken that step of faith that trust that belief where I told God man I'm all in I want what Jesus, and and maybe you heard me talking. Maybe as you were were listening today and you heard me say that, I mean, Christ died for our sins. He took that penalty of sin on himself, and you're going, I want that. I want that forgiveness. I want to be in relationship with God through Jesus. And, And if you're going, I want that today, then your step is to accept him, to start leaning into him. Oh yeah, do all these other things, but but accept him. Embrace him today. If you you wanna do that, I wanna pray with you right now. There's nothing magical about this prayer. There is no pixie dust here. Uh, There is no magic wand here. Here's the deal. It is words that have meaning to our lives, to your life. And so will you pray with me? Would you say something like this, dear Lord? Thank you that you love me. Thank you that you proved that by sending Jesus for me. Thank you that he died for me, for my sin. He took that penalty on himself. Oh God. And I accept that that gift today. I accept that sacrifice today. Please, let me be forgiven in the name of Jesus. Please. Thank you, God, for bringing salvation to my heart to my life in the name of Jesus amen hey guys thank you again for being here today and, and first of all if if this message or any of our other messages has impacted your life uh, we want to encourage you to, to, to give to God through Next Level Church here's why I say that because there are people who gave. We give to honor God here at Next Level, hands down. We wanna honor him with our first and best. And so you can give to honor God through Next Level Church, but know that that our gifts impact other people's life. And if you've been impacted, then you can give to this and and you're gonna impact other people's lives as well. And so we do that. You can go online, you can click give, go to our website, click give. You'll be able to give right there and make that happen. Also, do us a favor. If this, these series, these messages have been meaningful for you and impacted you in any way, shape, or form, first of all, uh, come follow us on our YouTube channel. Come be a part of that. Come follow us on Facebook. Uh, be a part of that community. Find out what's going on week in and week out. Whether whether you're here locally or not, you can still be part of the community here. Share it with someone else so that they can know and then that they can see and so that they too can experience now as we wrap up today I want to leave you this one thought in the middle of our loneliness in the middle of our struggles lean on Jesus because he said I am with you always at the very end of You guys have a great week. Thank you.